0: Y'all might have heard me say this before, but I believe that we as Christians, as kingdom entrepreneurs are going to stand on top of the self-help industry, that we're going to be able to obliterate the half truths and the half lies that are being gifted out as the way of fixing, the way of making, the way of living and this guy, woo, today's episode, James Zeng is incredible. He is so full of wisdom. He too has had this similar connotation and deposit from God as far as kingdom building, as far as creating a warrior movement, which he has all of these things as official ministry. So please be sure to check out all the links below. But he has newly launched a book called The Miraculous Breakthrough Formula. And I believe that if we can get our hands on this, it's only seven days of activation. And I say only seven days can compute to seven times 70. If you're looking at it from the forgiveness lens, it can look to the time of perfection and wholeness. It can look to the day of Sabbath. It depends on what you look at, how you look at, but it's this understanding that seven is the completion number. And so if you want to feel complete, if you want to feel whole, if you want your business to be unstuck, if you want to recession-proof your business, if you want to achieve quantum leaps biblically, you've got to listen to the show. Start to finish. Don't, don't, don't not finish this episode. I can assure you it's going to bless your life. James, you bless mine all the time, brother. Thank you for all that you've done and who you are in Christ because it and he, you inspire me all the time. Thanks. And that music gets me hyped every time.
1: You <laughs> oh, played that. Well, that was amazing. Yes. <laughs>
0: I just want to keep like busting out a beat over here. This is gonna be no different than that intro. It's gonna be high level. It's gonna really blow your mind because his story, his rap sheet, if you will, I love a good rap sheet, is incredible. And even thinking about the synchronicity around what God is doing in the kingdom in the marketplace, you guys are gonna have a new favorite follow person. I don't know if you're gonna be the follower. I guess they become followers, right? Mm-hmm. Of the fan, the fan base, the community member of, the listener, the all the things to James because I'm I'm kind of a guru at this point of all things James, whether it's his YouTube channel um, that's soon to be a podcast, Shh, don't tell anyone, and or the the ministry that he's developed and the movement that he's designed, his content is top-notch. I got the joy of being on his podcast as well, and so I'm going to put him in the hot seat. James Zang, we're so excited you're here.
1: An honor to be here. And what's up, everybody? I just pray that God shows up today and you're able to hear the right thing. So glad to be here. It's an honor.
0: He always does. And since I never give our guests any idea where this is going to start, how it's going to lead, we really truly let the Holy Spirit go with it. But as I was praying over him before we started and even processing um, what I know about him, little amount, even though it feels like a lot with his content. I am like, want to excavate your relationship with the Lord and how that has been a part of your call and where it started.
1: Absolutely. So, I didn't grow up with any faith at all. Um, I guess I got partially saved, pretend saved because I had a crush on a girl in high school. You know, one of those things. So, that didn't count. Um, but I got brought to faith through business. Um, I was 19 years old. I got involved in my first network marketing venture. Um, I got involved because I didn't like who I was. Um, I always wanted to change. I grew up a very shy, introverted. Like, if you look up Urban Dictionary Asian, uh, that was the <laughs> same thing. Like, no joke. I don't at all.
0: believe that.
1: Seriously, it was it was bad. I was so shy I couldn't even order food at a restaurant, type of shy Tamara. So um, I didn't like who I was. I was going to UC Berkeley. Try, guess guess what I was trying to be? A doctor, obviously. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love when how come White people don't joke themselves. They should. It, it'd be really fun.
1: Stereotypes, you know, I don't like putting labels, but they're kind of funny because they're kind of true. Many times, hilarious. Right? That one was pretty true, right? So, um, I, I I wandered into business because not because I wanted to make money or anything. I just didn't like who I was, Tamara, and um, I said, "Hey, I can grow." And as you know, in personal growth and business. It's all tied together. Business is a compensation plan wrapped around personal growth. So, got involved there, and you start to listen to the Jim Rohns, the John T. Maxwells, and you start let the Les Browns, and they drip little biblical stories here and there. So it's kind of always off to the side. I'm like, oh, that's cool for them, type of thing. My mentors are Christian as well, too. And what happened was, I hit my business goal, which was make enough where I didn't have to work a full time job. So, yes. guess what? I did that, and this is the weirdest thing. I remember when I hit that goal, all of a sudden, I had like nine to five open again. And I fell into a week of depression, Tamara. It felt like I just went through a heartbreak. I was literally at home eating a tub of ice cream, no joke, saying, what's the purpose of life? Because why, why am I doing all this for, right? So for the listener, you see this a lot, especially in a personal achievement driven society. You see the Michael Phelps. That that you know wins the Olympics and retires and becomes suicidal. Who found God? Yeah. Same thing too. And that's what happened with me. So Mm -hmm. that eventually led me to understanding the truth was in the Lord and I gave my life to Christ that way. Wow.
0: So the exposure through business and you being in this kind of rock bottom of like, is this it? You had achieved something that you had set out to achieve. You got there, it was void totally understand but you what was like did something prompt in your spirit did you have an encounter with god did you remember that cute girl and you're like maybe i should listen to what she was talking about back then i'm like i got to know
1: yeah. it's when self help does not help anymore
0: yeah come on there's
1: there's a limit right there right yeah. so i said this doesn't make sense and i got to go into the spiritual side of things it was a door mm-hmm. i never wanted to open so the question i asked was this is What is truth? Like, I was so discombobulated because I'm like, do you make your own truth? Like, what's the point of this? And if you do, then how does this all work? So, is there truth with a capital T? And that's what got me to look into just and I'm very like scientific because I'm Asian. Yeah, so that's (laughs) I need proof, right? I need to know what's going on. And the biggest thing, and you already know this, but the biggest difference of Christianity and following Jesus is it's different from everywhere else because every other faith is a prophet or an enlightened person, but it's only in Jesus himself. And yeah, it's ironic that this is Holy week right now. Jesus himself is the only one that said that he is God. Mm -hmm. And he says that he is the way, the truth and the life. And, um, as Frank Turk said, I didn't have enough faith to be an atheist. And it just made sense. I'm like, all right, let's just let's just try this thing out.
0: So good. It's wild that we're having this conversation because I just last week with my kiddos watched God's Not Dead. Mm. Have you seen that?
1: I I haven't watched it yet, actually. No. You should
0: watch it. You should watch it. So we were having a conversation, and the essentially the professor is very much an atheist. And mm. He makes kids on the first day of school because he wants to teach science to write down god is dead on a piece of paper wow. and Everyone in the class wrote it down and passed the paper in. They had to sign it. And it was basically just like you're gonna stay in this this course, you're gonna stay in this seat. And the only way that you can do that is if you sign this piece of paper stating this. Well, this one particular kid who's just you know, maybe 19 years old, is like, I'm not gonna turn that in. I don't believe that. And he said, mm-hmm. Why not? This is my classroom, these are my rules. He said, Well, I'm not I don't believe in that. And mm-hmm. so he said, great. So for the next three sessions, you're going to come and you're going to debate me and we're going to basically treat this like a court of law. And we're going to allow them, the students to be the jury on who's right. And he did it. And so my nine and eight year old are watching this. And the main thing that but piqued their interest, mm. interestingly enough, maybe because they've always been in a, a Christian based home, mm. was the science connected to why it was true. Mm. And that Science proves Jesus. Yes. Right. And yeah. we're here to talk about like business and ministry and how all that is aligned. But I think this is why marketplace ministry is such a beautiful thing because most people are coming in with the lens of how do I scale? How do I make more money? How do they do very scientific? Follow the principles, follow the practice, and then you'll have success. Yeah. And I love how you have a very similar call on kingdom entrepreneurship. And I wanna know based on having that experience, was it an immediate trigger of like, I'm doing this wrong? I need to catapult into this, like shift into kingdom business, or how did that evolution exist?
1: It was definitely an evolution. I think for <laughs> faith is an evolution, right? Oh, so at first it was just like, oh, okay, I get there's a there's a greater purpose to things now. Yeah. So that was the first time, and you start to see that you know every the best personal growth book in the world, there's the Thinking go Riches, there's the yeah. other cool things, right? Yeah. But the best business book in the world is still found in the Bible itself. Yes, come it's on, all throughout. So you start to look at it as a practical lens. You're like, this actually works. It's not just yeah. like spiritual. It works. Um, but what happened was this: is I I was in a season of our life. I got brought to faith through a saddleback church, and Pastor Rick Warren was the senior pastor at the time. Um, his was predominant in Orange County, and I'm in. I was in the Bay Area, so we're like, hey, it'd be nice to have like a local campus. We started doing these get-togethers. Now, my my skill set, and I think every single one of us. Um, in our business setting, you have skills, you have gifts, you have talents, you have things that God has ordained for you in the body of Christ to be really, really good at. Like Tamara, you are just an energizer bunny. You're a space creator, right? You're an innovator. You're an influencer like that, an instigator. Um, but for me, one of the skills was building groups together and just getting them. So instead of building an organization for business, I did gatherings, so we did these virtual services before that was a thing. We had a hundred people plus a month just gathering and watching a worship service. One day, I get an email. I've never met Pastor Rick in person, but from him, and it was one of those things where you know I'm a little I'm a little shocked. I'm like, this yeah. really? It's like, oh, okay. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, he invites me to his office and um, had a great conversation. Now, that church plant never went forward, but I was dropped one seed that has stayed with me to this day. And he said, Mm -hmm. James, did you know both him and Billy Graham prophesied this, that the greatest minister in the world of today's generation would not be in the church or the pulpits or anything. It would be in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And I said, hmm, what does that mean and what does that look like? And that, that seed continued to expand to where we are today.
0: So incredible. And that was how long ago?
1: That was in 2015.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: And so what was
0: your, like, because you have the warrior movement, which I want to hear about. You've got now a a new book that just came out. There's, and you have your podcast, or your podcast is going to be here, but we've got the Mm -hmm. YouTube show that's going to be stemmed from that. The daily devotional that you're doing from a business biblical principles perspective, all of that doesn't happen at once. And connected to someone who was in more of the self-help industry and the business development side, there has to be some some shaping, some sharpening, some um, learning zone that's really in the Bible for you to be able to essentially minister in the way that you are. So how did you develop those things while still kind of being like, I call it baby draft syndrome. (laughs) It's when you're like so new in your faith and it's like the cutest thing ever. (laughs) And yet you're like seeking after that play and in such a childlike faith expression. Um, How did you, how did you kind of grow those, those legs to be able to do what you do now?
1: The saying is people don't run when they see the light. People run when they feel the heat. Right, Ooh, so come on. I think for all of us, it's the same thing. So what happened is we we built, you know, we put the Lord first, and everything that we did in our business, it was always our primary business, our warrior moving community. It's our network marketing business, and it was building year after year after year after year. My my wife, who's my life partner, my business partner, my everything. Uh things were good. But good is the enemy of great, is the Mm -hmm. adage. And what happened is in 2017, the worst year of our life had hit. Mm -hmm. The rug was pulled underneath us. Some things had happened in our business that were not in our control. And from a successful, thriving business, um, seemingly it felt like Job, where we didn't do anything wrong. We were following the word and going to church and serving people. But we lost 90% of our business in a year um, mm-hmm. it, it, ushered me into a whole year of deep depression mm-hmm. where I just, I, I'm very optimistic as you already know. Yeah. It's like if Tamara came on guys and she was <laughs> like, guys, I'm sad. Like, of course we get sad, but it's like, <laughs> it, it was the first time where I, I told my wife straight in the eyes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I give up yeah. because it was so hard. I try to do everything in the book. Yeah. But it was through that. And it's through these situations where as much as we don't want it, the purpose of our life is not just to be happy. The purpose of our life is that God makes us more holy, more like him. And it's when we have nothing else but him, which is when he does the most deepest inner work with me. And that's when I realized. And basically, I had it from the personal achievement side. I had to really disconnect my identity from accolades and achievements oh, for and everything. Sure. For and sure. I said, God, all I need is you.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because there is a dichotomy to those accolades as I've been processing that experience. I read this book by Kyle Eidelman in my pit of despair. I'll call it very similar, having given up multiple million dollar contracts and choosing the life that I know I wanted my tombstone to have. And it was called um, The End of Me. And if you look Mm -hmm. at the cover of the book, it's in like a embossed um, format that's kind of translucent that says, Mm -hmm. Jesus, so the end of me is the kind of the beginning slash of Jesus, and so it was. It's kind of a hilarious book, actually. I, I highly recommend reading anything by him because he just uses his humor in such a strong way to mm. to preach the word and mm. to teach you. Um, but in that, one of the biggest things was talking about titles and the release mm-hmm. of titles. And as we continue to do things, especially when we're doing things in the favor and flow of God, based on the mm. gifts and talents that. You you shared about us naturally having them. There's not striving in that um, mm-hmm. because it's just there. I, I got to witness this incredible artist this past weekend paint Jesus for the first time since he has ever painted. And he had a God moment and it was wild to watch. And now he really feels like his art artistry is just going to be an open door for him to be a preacher. I mean, crazy stuff happens mm-hmm. when you're in flow. Yeah. But I say all of that because, you just had a book, a best-selling, mm-hmm. you know, best-selling run. I don't know. Did it hit bestseller? I don't even know yet. Not yet. yet? It okay, was it's going time. to. Yeah. Bring that up. Bring that up. Uh-oh. The miraculous breakthrough formula. We're going to talk about business principles. What's in the tagline?
1: It is the seven-day challenge biblically guaranteed to help you get unstuck and achieve the impossible.
0: So good. It's seven days, y'all. There's a this is a no-brainer. We must do this. You're running a cohort of people doing are you doing this with a cohort right now?
1: Yes, I've done that. Yeah. I've ran a couple of these already. Yes. I
0: figured. Well, next one I want in because I've got seven days I can spare for breakthrough. And if y'all can't do the same, we're in a bad case scenario because I don't know what you're giving up for your time. But I think about the fact that there are accolades that come along with us pursuing our mission. How do you now handle those things? Because recently my husband and I were talking about how we still have this natural tendency to fall into an achievement pattern. And there's the idea of the gap and the gain and where you are. One thing I'm terrible about is celebrating. Like I Mm -hmm. I, I feel like every day I'm joyful, but I don't sit in that an accomplishment very Mm -hmm. well. I don't Mm -hmm. sit in celebration of title or accolade very well. And it might be because of the past, Mm -hmm. but I think it's really important for us to also do that and cherish that in one another and celebrate that in one another. It would probably be, I'd probably spend more time celebrating you hitting bestseller or <laughs> having a number one podcast than I would me because I'd be yeah. like, okay, on to the next. Yeah. And that's a practice of presence that I have to get better at. Mm. So I'm curious, how do you navigate like achievement, driving, being gotcha. mission driven? I know that that can sometimes people can throw stones at like your pace or your busyness and you do a lot of things. I watch it from the outside looking in. And so I can't imagine from the inside looking out, we'll pray for your wife. How do you handle that? How do you handle that?
1: Absolutely. Goals are important. God gave us this incredible mind, this incredible imagination, right? We're made in his image. Yeah. So when we start to get these ideas and Psalm 37, four says that when you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. So when you think about goals from that perspective, it is important because it's a starting point of all achievement. However, deeply rooted into that to answer the question is, we're not going for the accolade so that we can feel puffed up and amazing and everything as well. It's, God, is this what you want? Is this where you want to run me towards? As Paul said, he's running towards the goal. We need to be focused. We need to go towards that. And when we win to make sure that we are also very keen on not just celebrating the trophy itself, but to be able to use that trophy, that accolade to ultimately point towards heaven. So good. It's a number of way to do things, right? And yeah. why it's also important is this, is when we look at it not as something that is, and I get it because when we fall into that trap, it, it brings up things in the past as well. But remember, we are a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here as well too. So that's not there anymore. Um, that, that temptation of just having our identity tied to accolades and everything. However, is that we understand that we are called, and that's why in the marketplace, there's, there's going to be the greatest ministry because we are both at the same time in this world, but not of the world. Right, right. And the world communicates with accolades and achievement and influence and all that as well too. So how important is it as entrepreneurs, as kingdom mm-hmm. builders, as as, as influencers and, and founders and everything that we are able to communicate in the world's language of quote unquote success, but we're able to showcase it in a different way.
0: So good. So good. I mean, I, I think about that, like, how are they successful or going back to the world's idea of successful um, and also joyful. Mm. Or also bearing fruit of patience or Mm. also bearing all the Galatians 522 fruits that a majority of people who have somehow gotten to the top of whatever, whatever, it doesn't matter what industry, doesn't matter what you're looking at. There is a hierarchy that has been established um, organically through all the systems is this knowing that you can see that. And there's that sense of void, which you experienced early. And I did too. And I'm so grateful for that. I always am like, God, thank you that I was not in my fifties and having this experience and losing my marriage at that point or losing the connection with my kids. Or I'm just grateful that I did it young and I had to do it with my marriage and kiddos, but they were much younger. And so was I, Um, so yeah, I just, I honor him for that. And I love the way that you shared it. You're like preaching to me in this moment. So thank you. I'm receiving. receiving. (laughs) So talk to us through with that. We talked about how you built up your non shaky draft legs. You're now like a sturdy, beautiful, uh, you know, gazelle in and of itself. And you are able to teach biblical principles connected to business growth. And I'm sure your network marketing experiences have paralleled to what it is that you're teaching now. So talk us through some of the success formulas that have worked for you. Maybe give us a little hint to the book. I'd love Absolutely. to know more.
1: Absolutely. Well, Joshua 1, 9 is the success, prosperity-like thing that I think every entrepreneur should understand. And it says, and it's what happens is for those that are not, just for context, Moses gives the baton to Joshua. Joshua is supposed to go dominate um, all the places that God has ordained. And he says, here's the success tip. Do not let the book of the law depart from your lips. Meditate on day and night. Be sure to do everything according that is written into it. And you will make your way successful and prosperous. So really what it comes down to the success principle is know this, talk about this, And do this, as it says in James, be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. And this is the difference. And this is and I wrote about this in the book. And basically in this book, there's three parts of this formula. If we want to have God's presence, what's a miracle just to define it, right? It sounds kind of catchy and stuff like that. But really, the the whole premise of the book is this. A miracle is not of you. A miracle is having God's presence in your life because a miracle is above natural. It's supernatural Only God is supernatural, right? So three parts. And you see this all throughout anybody that you would deem as a hero of the faith. Jesus himself did these. Moses did these. Esther did that. All of them did this. Three things. Number one, fasting. Fasting, it allows you to disconnect yourself from the world itself. So you can hear better from God. Mm -hmm. Number two is prayer communicating with God and number three is Bible study actually Mm. getting the word into us right meditating on the word renewing the mind as it says in Romans and those three things allow us to really connect with God in a very practical personal way to allow him to do within us what we cannot do within ourselves I just did this Bible study today and I talked about why did Easter change everything for the entrepreneur And I think it's one of the biggest things. And it's not just that we're saved, which is, of course, the first part. But so many of us, I believe myself for sure included, live a life where we're saved, but we're not empowered. Mm. But Jesus came not just to save the world. Of course, that's a part of it. Jesus said, it's better that I leave. So good. I'm going to send you a helper. I'm <laughs> going to get this, right? We, we all want the best coaching and we love coaching. If you're with Tamara, oh, the yeah. stuff, they're amazing, right? But right, we I, I, we love to have like a Warren Buffett in her ear and Elon in her ear. But guys, we have the Holy Spirit himself. Come on. We have the author of this universe that knows <laughs> all and is all that can not just give us wisdom, but empower us to make yeah. the changes that we want to be able to do so that we could be in flow and let the Holy spirit flow through us. Oh my gosh.
0: Oh my <laughs> this is celebration. Y'all this is how we celebrate. And you're so right. And I think about the empowerment, like methods that people can use associated to break through. Mm-hmm. And I kind of alluded to it before. It's like this, you did too, this energizer bunny, this like supernatural energy. I, I don't, I'm not a caffeine addict. I sleep really well at night, thank God. Um, There were seasons that I didn't. I had panic attacks through the night or had to be um, on melatonin or I was also addicted to Tylenol PM in the past. So this is a becoming. This is when God makes you new, he restores. And so I think about those different things that I can't explain. It truly is a miracle on so many levels that we get to show up every single day and do what we're doing now when we've both experienced heartache and heartbreak and trials and tribulations. But that's the variable of the church is that we don't stay focused on the cross and Jesus on the cross, because there's been conversation about how the cross has become an idol in and of itself Mm -hmm. when the Christian should really be focused on the tomb Mm -hmm. and the empty tomb and the resurrection of Christ, because otherwise you're constantly standing in this place of like, here's my sins. I'm so thank you for what you did, but not utilizing that empowerment to move on, to, yes. to celebrate, to go about your way and to do it connected to the Holy Spirit is the word I was going to use because I was like, Am I supposed to answer this? Is this a rhetorical question? This is hard. What if I get it wrong? <laughs> and I'm thinking the word I wanted to use different from empowerment is freedom. Mm. And I've, you know, I think so many of us can stay shackled to. Our past can stay shackled to shame, can stay shackled to uh, poverty mindsets that are generational, that we have nothing to do with, but we can't un- unplay them in our mind. And we can actually create limitations for ourselves based on not doing the hard work, the mental health you know, initiatives, the emotional health initiatives that you've talked about in the past, but also understanding that the answer is in Jesus. Yes, because that's where the mental health realm, the emotional health realm, the personal health, self-help, all the things, just business by itself. Mm-hmm. They have an element of truth, lowercase T. Yes. But like you said, the uppercase T is what is the transition point for everyone.
1: Well said. So with
0: the empowerment, like knowing, obviously celebrating the Holy Spirit in the midst of that, and you kind of gave us a couple of examples uh, on things that they did in the Bible. What are some additional things that you do within your business in the way that you connect? Because you've been, it's been amazing, y'all. If you could be in my DMs, my text, all the places that James and I connect on a consistent basis. um, You've been such an incredibly dynamic connector, And I think that that's a a Holy Spirit element of of him being able to connect us. But I'd love to know, like, what's your thought? That grace.
1: Can you repeat that last part again? Yeah,
0: asking if you have, like, a specific methodology or a rhythm to that grace connected to your connective power, how you Uh, connect with
1: people, build relationships. Absolutely. Um, Definitely has to be a daily habit. And it's a daily... It's a relationship, right? And these are all cliche types of things. But really, what does it look like to have God as your partner in all things in life? Like if you literally imagine him to be right next to us, is it that real? Are we talking out loud with him? Are we journaling with him? Are we submitting all of our plans by him? Are we creating that space? So I think the most practical thing, especially for entrepreneurs, and this is This is one of the biggest cultural, anti-cultural things for the kingdom entrepreneur is that we're in a society that is hustle culture. Mm -hmm. We're in a society that says 10X everything. We're in a society (laughs) that says eight till faint. And yes, of course, there's a work ethic, but, but the kingdom entrepreneur is different because you look at Jesus and he emulated a life that was empowered by the spirit. And if anyone was productive in life, yeah. I think we're going to agree is very productive.
0: Yes, yeah, so you know,
1: and yes, he was God, but he was man, and he did these things as man, and during that time in his temporal time here, right? So, so the crazy part is this: is if you look, nowhere in the Bible does it ever say that Jesus ran, skipped, fast walked. <laughs> he walked everywhere. He oh went. my
0: gosh, that's hilarious! I never thought about that. Right. Like, I need to cut know, out my cartwheels. Are you telling me I need to cut out my cartwheeling?
1: <laughs> well, I, I think that's okay. I think our, our <laughs> it doesn't here. go
0: for too long.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there's a pace, right? That's saying there's a pace okay. to grace. And and that's not just for Jesus. That's for each and every single one of us as well too. Because if we are living a spirit-led life, there's a right moment and a right time for everything. So we sure. have to first create that space. Do we trust that? So I think the first part I needed to work on, and when I really started to build into this brand and all this, how did this really happen? God worked with me on that. And I'm, I, I love to hustle. I love to work, right? For any entrepreneur, you're passionate about what you do. You want to impact the world. You want to do everything that you can. And I remember the Lord was putting this impression on my heart and he said, do you really trust that I can do more than you can? Do you really? You say that God can do more in one second then we can do an entire lifetime. Do you really believe that? So this is what I did. Obedience is the word, right? Um, I told my wife and it it sounded crazy because we had big financial goals. We were closing in on a house. We were building our business, blah, blah, blah. And I told my wife, I'm like, this is the plan. Um, I'm going to take a whole month off. I'm going to have a sabbatical for the first time in my adult life. Granted, the most I had, I struggled with even doing a day of Sabbath. You know, like that Surreal. was real.
0: Right?
1: <laughs> so I'm like, this is Surreal. a great thing to do. I'm just going to take a month off and work are a vacation together. No work. And it's going to work. Right. She's like, really? We had, to, we had to kind of work through this a little bit, but we did that, Tamara. And let me tell you, this is great. So we took a, a vacation we went on a cruise. We okay. delegated things to our team and Crazy, but not crazy. God just always knows. Mm -hmm. Um, He rewards obedience. He rewards those that diligently seek Him. Right? We made the most money that month in our entire adult career when we did no work.
0: We're like, oh god, (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh, He's done that for me in many ways, and it's always either associated to a fast of some sort, um, or or the release of something Mm -hmm. that I thought. Um, mattered to to the extent of moving the needle or I thought was in my control, right? The things that we love to control and hold on to. Uh, I'm curious, after you had that experience, how have you now infiltrated that truth? Because it's now become an experience and therefore it, it tends to hold a bigger weight than the knowledge of something versus the experience of something how do you either practice Sabbath or put that pace into the rhythm of what you're doing when you're in the middle of a launch and starting all these new things?
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, you know that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is with you. You know that God is with you when there's peace in things. Mm-hmm. And the hardest thing for me, and I think for most entrepreneurs is the feeling of wanting to get things done in a stressed state. And we all know this, even from just a psychological perspective of things, that when we're in a motion of stress and fear and anxiety and worry, when was the last time that we made a good business decision? Out yeah, of
0: those no, no, you're right.
1: So it's worth it, practically, to seek his peace, mm-hmm. to do Philippians 4, 6 through 7, mm-hmm. just pray about everything until the peace that transcends all understanding guards your heart and mind in Christ okay. Jesus. Because when you have that type of confirmation, it's better to be diligent there and to be mindful there and to make the right decision once than it is to make a bunch of haphazard decisions out of a stressful state. So practically, when I'm going through a major decision, a book launch, a next business strategy, uh, a coaching moment, whatever that it is, if there isn't peace. Take the time to recede and to rest. Maybe you need to take a nap even as well too. Take the <laughs> yeah. time, right? Just whatever that is until we get peace. Yeah. And are we trusting that God will guide us in the right direction?
0: Mm, this is so good. And I think it's such a, a for now conversation. It's, I think the that busy culture, right? As I always share that like people are always like, how are you? And they're like, they're smiling and saying that they're busy at the same time. And I'm like why are you smiling? That doesn't sound fun. I don't mm-hmm. want to be busy. Right. And, and rhythms of grace is surely the space that I always try to stay within. And so I shifted just language. And I think that's a big thing for people to understand, even as James is talking, it might not be something that is new to you. But if you shift your language into it being true to you, there's a difference, right? Mm-hmm. And so allowing it to truly be how you show up, the intentionality behind my schedule, the intentionality versus my busyness, I could stay in that space of busyness and mentally, I'm tired. Mm. Physically, I'm tired. I had so much on my schedule today. But if I'm saying I created this schedule, these are the people I can't wait to connect with today. I'm gonna have dedicated time with my kids and my nieces and my nephew later today. We're gonna bake some homemade muffins. This is really happening, by the way. And then we're going to gymnastic practice. Like I'm gonna be doing that And then I'm going live later. And then I'm going to go to bed on time by 8 o'clock, 8.30. And I'm going to be back and ready at it at 4 a.m. in the morning. That could be really busy to someone. Or it could be really intentional. And there could be rhythm and flow and an organic nature of, again, just peace. That peace is so critical. And I'm still learning how to have peace in my business over certain things. You're right. Peace for finances, especially if you're like the sole provider. And I would love to hear from that lens because I'm not the sole provider. At one point I thought that I had to be the sole provider and it didn't turn out so well, not because Mm. I wasn't capable, but because of where my intention was. Right. So if your priorities are misaligned, I had pride, greed, greed, all these other things above my marriage and my mothering experience, because I thought if I had these things, these other things would be easier. So I had misaligned priorities in that. And so I'd love to hear your perspective from a man as being the part of the provider. Now God is your provider, but how do you help guide your emotions towards, I have a responsibility in this.
1: Absolutely. It's funny you bring that up because, um, there's a, there is such a thing as male ego and it's tough in that, but a marriage was made so that you're two in one and you're working towards the same goal. And the hardest thing for me, when we're going through this, I'm so thankful that God gave me such an amazing wife and Becky, my life partner, my business partner, everything. But when we were, our business struggled, um, she picked up the financial weight. She got a full-time job. She put herself through that and and helped support the family financially. And I remember it was so hard for me to to get that because I'm like, this shouldn't be the way it's supposed to be. And I remember, and I hope this helps any male that's in the audience that might be struggling through this. And I love empowered women. And I love that women now, there's so much gifting and talent that's in there. But I had this wrong conception of things. That it had to be the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. And that I wasn't being a man if I wasn't at the moment. Mm-hmm. And that I wasn't being a good husband by doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. And it put
1: so much pressure on myself that in reality, when I actually asked my wife, I'm like, is it okay that things are like this in this season? And she would tell me, Yeah, it's fine. Like I got it. She's not stressed out. She's doing, she did something that she really liked and everything yeah. too. But still, for me, I I still clung on to the lie that I had to be the, 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 that sole provider. And I put on the own pressure on myself, which was definitely anti-peace. And it wasn't until one day the Lord was just like, why are you doing that to yourself? You hear what you're <laughs> saying. And I just let go of that. I'm wow. like, oh, great. Okay. And then ironically, that ironically then allowed me to step up further into my call and provide further. And all these ideas started to come together. And now we're co- collaborating together rather than me trying to, Dominate my assert my male ego on her and everything.
0: Gosh, that's really, really rich. This will be a clip that you're going to see on social media because it's it's really critical for people to understand this from both lenses, right? Um, right now, my husband is really playing a really strong, um, I'll say, parenting role, uh, mm-hmm. the fatherhood role, and I was with the kids twenty four seven for a long time, and they were much younger. They didn't remember. They don't really remember that as much. And so they're constantly talking about how like data takes us to school and picks us up. And I'm like, Oh, I used to do that all the time. And we've had heart to heart conversations about how it's a different season. Mm. And it's also critical because of the fatherless nation in which we live and really Mm. follow fatherless generation and world. Mm. What a special gift, that he's able to do that. And he thrives in it. He's Mm -hmm. amazing at it. He loves it. And so why do I put this pressure that I'm not a good mom Mm -hmm. while I'm, I'm literally, and you know, like we're making global impact on a daily basis, simply by turning on a microphone, But not simply because it comes from this wellspring of life that allows us to say yes because it's a calling and it's a gift. And so to steward that, and my kids know, just like yours is like this knowing that Dada and Mama love what they do Mm. and they're helping people every single day. We don't talk about going to work. We talk about creating. Mm. So what are you creating today? And for Dada, it's who are you helping today? And again, it goes back to words. It goes back to perspective and mindset shifts to renewing of the mind. And so I just think that there's a lot of power to that. And I would love to hear, like, as we we close in on on this conversation, where are you putting your energy right now mostly? And for this specific thing that was in your bio, I want people to hear about because I think it's really powerful, building a recession-proof business. Yeah, um, I've, I've shared via the podcast before, but that like God is recession proof. Exactly. So That's a really good place to start. But I, I know that there's more to that story. Yeah. And so I want to hear I want to hear from you.
1: I'm fascinated by building a business, how Jesus and the early disciples would have built the church. And I'm actually in during this holy week, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, what does that look like? Imagine in the book of Acts when the disciples and the early Christians were devastated and they were like, man, our Messiah just died. Like, is this really going to happen? And then the outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes mm-hmm. and you see people go from disempowered to completely empowered to a different level of freedom, as you said wow. earlier. And you see the sprouting of a startup, basically, you see the empowering of the decisions that they make. And you see how day in and day out, the leaders and their teams spread. And that then impacted generations and generations to come. And, I'm, and what I'm meditating on and applying into my own personal business now is I'm like, what does it really look like to live a Holy Spirit-led, God-led, Jesus-led business like they did back in the book of Acts? And that's what I'm doing now in our business. So we're now yeah. in another phase, and that's going to be recession proof because there's a way of collaboration there, there's a way of partnership, yeah. and it's countercultural. Um, I'm reading the book of acts like a business book right now.
0: Come on,
1: you know, and that's going to be just like what you said, because we're in a recession, yeah, because we're in um a such a time of turmoil. This is the opportunity for the church, this is the opportunity for the kingdom entrepreneur to do things in a different way, a countercultural way that is more successful. Because if we follow his principles, it's going to lead us. We will make our way successful or we'll make our way prosperous. And this could be the biggest opportunity we've had in our entire history for us to be able to influence in a different way if we follow what it is that they did.
0: Mm. It's so interesting that you're saying that from an influencer perspective. Because Jesus was the ultimate influencer. We know this, right? He he gathered masses of people and he didn't even have like social media. He didn't even have little like stamps or postcards. He didn't have anything to hand out, right? It was just like word of mouth, right? And thinking about word of mouth is only generated out of relationships. Mm. And you being such a good connector, having such amazing relational skills is such an asset and not, in my opinion, often seen, especially in this coaching world, because it often feels like people are trying to get something from you. They're like, can I take this idea from you? Can I? And and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just it has become that way. And so to do it counterculturally, it's obviously knowing that Jesus sent them two by two. He Mm. could have sent them one at a time. And they could have covered more territory. They could have gone different places, right? But he sent them together. And Mm -hmm. so I think about the power of partnership marketing. I think about the power of partnering in any capacity. And if we don't have that mentality of like, you've got a little right now, I've got a little later. You go up front now, I'll go up front later. Mm -hmm. And that's where ego can really get in the way. And you're also at a place of not having a prayer warrior. Mm -hmm. You're not having that encourager. You're not having that person who helps in that safety realm. And yeah, we have God all the time. The Holy Spirit is with us. I believe that. But I believe in the body of Christ Mm -hmm. in the same capacity. It's one in the same. And so it's, I believe that there's also going to be a rise. And you see it already in the Christian influencers spectrum. My friend, Dane um, Camilla, who I don't know if you guys have connected yet. You totally have to. Oh, He just launched Faithful Creators. And it's these people who, these people, it's our brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. who are wildly empowered by the Holy Spirit. Their social media accounts are blowing up. And the thing that I want to see in them, and I know Dane shares this and I know you will, Mm -hmm. is we want to see them not only just have influence towards what Jesus has done in their life, who Jesus is, but also how does that impact those influence people, those the kingdom mm-hmm. and help them to generate prosperity for their mm-hmm. life. Because freedom, and I'm not a prosperity gospel kind of person, mm-hmm. But I do believe that our gifts and talents are linked towards unlimited resources here mm-hmm. on earth as it is in heaven. We already have the riches of the kingdom at our right hand. And therefore, seeing this rise in the marketplace is also seeing things like social media take storm in a Christian perspective. And it's it's just really interesting. I'd love to hear your feedback on that because I'm sure you follow a lot of people who are Christian influencers, but how you feel like there's a partnership between how do we help these Christian influencers also develop business so that they can create even bigger of an impact?
1: Absolutely. It's like this connotation that, um, as Dr. Myron Golden, that's how we first connected, actually. Yes, oh I, I love you, Myron. Yes, yes, that wealth is wickedness, right? And poverty is piety type of thing. It's like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, where do these <laughs> things come from? You know, it's like, but it's so in the Christian culture or even the non Christian culture. Yep. Like, that is the paradigm that there is. Yeah. But once again, every everything wealth comes from God. The yeah. power to create wealth comes from Him. So, how much more important is it that as kingdom entrepreneurs that we reclaim the original promises for the promised people? Right. The wealth of the richest the wealth of the uh, wicked is laid up for the righteous yeah. so that we can steward it properly, right? We can have it in the right hand so we can build these influences and in everything. So, yeah, to your point. It's so exciting to see (laughs) that these things are happening right now because it's time and we got to walk in the world. And as long as, I mean, just plugging this in, (laughs) you just got to stick to the basics as long as we don't veer off. And that's why, like you said, in two by two, you need accountability. You need to be in communities. You need to be in these tribes to make sure that we're not being tempted to go back to our old ways. And as long as we got that accountability, Wow, let's dominate. Let's have dominion, as God said for us to be able to do.
0: I am so excited that I have a running mate. And there's many of us. There's actually a lot more than you might see in this particular side-by-side right now. But you lead Kingdom Builders. you. So you know that there's, through this online ministry, a lot of people. We've got Founder Collective. There's tons of people to come through that. I know that this is, is an army on the rise. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited about that to no end. And I, I want people to be able to connect with you. I know I, I mentioned your YouTube channel. It's just under your name, right?
1: Yeah, it's just James C, okay. the letter C, Zeng, Z-H-E-N-G. Same handle on everywhere.
0: Come on. And it'll all be in the show notes. You guys know how that works. Um, But I'd love to hear with everything that was planted, even through Rick Warren, um, even through the knowing of Billy Graham's prophecy over the marketplace being the largest revival to happen. Where are you putting your intentionality right now? and, And how can we, one, be praying for you and two, come alongside you?
1: The question I ask myself right now is in the business world, Am I living in such a way? And this is what I challenge everyone to think about. Are we living in such a way where through our productivity, our lifestyle, our love, our excellence, our standards, living in such a way where not are people saying, wow, Tamara's amazing. Mm -hmm. James is amazing. Mm -hmm. But in reality, this is my prayer. (laughs) I want things to be so amazing where people look and they're like, is that, is that the same guy or gal? Like, no, that's not them. Like, this is impossible. Like, what are you on? Come on. Get me on that, right? <laughs> and that's the best testimony in the world because let's just let God lead through us and mm-hmm. let's just be those vessels and those obedient children and let God to God be the glory in everything that we do. That's my number one prayer and, and intent in business. So we should have dominion. We should have excellence. We should be do things at such a high level. My wife said this to me the other day. She's like, babe, that coaching was amazing. I just exited a 12-day water only fast. And then I did it for my fire. first training. And then it was like fire. It was like a boom. We were like unshackling un- 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 people. So that was amazing. I'm like, Straight up, that's all the Holy Spirit. That's the biggest thing I think we should be looking for.
0: And there is nothing better than that. I had a conversation after our conference last year and it was tied to glory and understanding that like glory is an element of radiance. And I have this beautiful glow right now, thanks to a ring light. Um, But I'm also in front of a beautiful window, which is casting beautiful sun in the spring day and thinking about God. But you know, when Moses came down from uh, Mount Sinai and he was veiled in in that radiance uh, or because of the radiance, he was veiled to the people. It's like there was this conversation and he said, you know, it's amazing that you always point to God. He's like, it's Mm -hmm. so, so good. But we also have to stand in front of the mirror and give ourselves the knowledge that we are still in flesh, walking this out as the obedient children. Mm -hmm. And when he looks to us, he looks to his glory because his glory dwells in us. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it's really fun to also celebrate the Christ in you, celebrate who you are as an individual, and to be able to lift one another up and allow our radiance to be known and not to hide it under a basket. If anyone tries to put you there, you know you come after this sister, because I will not let it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think about the, that shining a light and shi- shining our, our our light to him, um, vice versa. It's It's a two-way street. And he's, he loves us that much and he trusts us that much. Um, And so it's just, it's an honor. And I'm like processing all of the things that we get to do in the future, Um, but more so at this point for such a time as this, right? Like everything matters. This conversation matters so much. And so I'm so blessed by you to be here.
1: It's an absolute honor to be here. And um, thanks for giving a platform. You mentioned collaborations and these kingdom collaborations um, thank you for being an example for what that actually looks like in action. And, um, I'm just praying for expanded influence and impacted everything for everything you and your whole community is involved in. This is an exciting time. So I'm just going to be hanging on to your cooktails. <laughs>
0: hey, no way I'm doing that to you. You guys, we've are already talking about the different ways that we're using video AI and all, all of it. It's it, we get to use what is being used by culture and created mm-hmm. by culture for God's glory. And I see you doing that over and over again. So kudos, brother. I'm so excited for everything you've got going on. You guys, be sure to get a copy of this and keep your eyes peeled for the next seven-day challenge that I'm sure he'll put out for us. Biblical wisdom is needed. It's not just a self-help industry that's going to get you to the top. I can assure you that. All right, y'all. Bye, James. Thanks again. Thank you. Do you need rest? Rejuvenation? Just maybe some reflection time or perhaps some foresight time to vision cast your future, to understand where you are, where you've been, why you are where you are and where it is that you're going. Some clarity, some direction. Maybe you just need a sabbatical. Well, I would love to invite you to our incredible women's rejuvenation retreat in Dominican Republic this year, September 8th through the 15th. I am one for surprises. I don't think we have enough good ones often. And so you're not going to really know exactly what we're doing, but I can assure you, you'll have cultural immersion. You'll have some amazing spa treatments of some sort. Surely tons of adventure, delicious food, and so much more. At the end of the day, my heart is for you to find and experience your own personal revival. Hope to see you there. Oh, and by the way, quick thing. We are adding a FounderCon ticket, which is taking place in Raleigh in November. And all of the cohort of sisters are going to be there that are coming on the trip, not to mention the incredible entrepreneurs, men and women from across the country who are coming to truly exist firmly planted and to thrive in the new year to come. So we want you to be there. So you get a bonus ticket just for coming to the Dominican. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Can't wait to see you. Book a call today and we'll get you enrolled. See you there. Jesus wants our fears
1: to launch us toward faith. Then he grins and says, do you trust me? Because together we can do this.